Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Sedgwick County Manager Tom Stoles. Welcome to Issues 2020, sir. Thank you, sir. You've been in this job for, I think, just under a year. Yeah. What do you think of the job so far? Well, it's 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 busy. Uh, we have something going every day in the county, and uh, uh, it's it's everything I thought it would be. <laughs> it was going to be a challenge, you think? Yeah, we knew, and I knew it would be, and uh, and it is. Now you had a career with the Wichita Police Department before this. How does uh, how does that work compare with what you what you have? Well, it's you know I've been uh, with the police department for thirty years. You get used to the to the workings of government. Um, this is the management role is a bit different because instead of a one department focus, I've got a 40 department focus and have way more responsibility with budget and strategic planning and legislative body uh, work, et cetera. So it's, it's more comprehensive. So how many county employees are you talking about? We have about 2,800 in Sedgwick County. 20. Which makes you one of the largest employers in town. We are. Uh, the Business <laughs> Journal just, just published uh, a few weeks ago, and I think we're in the, in the top ten. So. What motivated you to take this job? Well, when I left the police department <clears throat> and I came to Sedgwick County, it was to take part in a, in a building merger uh, between city and county. And I uh, kind of like to study consolidation, like to be involved in mergers. So that's the reason I left the police department and, and, and went to the county. Uh, and then since that time, it's just been kind of... Uh, um, um, the events of what's in front of me, uh, we had a new county manager come in and I was moved away from building and construction over to public safety uh, as, a, as an assistant uh, county manager. Uh, then our deputy county manager left and I was put into the role of deputy county manager. And then a little over a year ago, our, our county manager left. And so I was just pushed into that role. Um, and I mean, I, I've enjoyed all these roles. I, I um, uh, public safety was great. I, I, I liked working as the deputy county manager, and um, and, I, and I enjoy working as county manager. Well, you got some probably some pretty good ex- handy experience there for what you're doing now. Then. You know, you get old enough, and you you, you experience it all. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting old. Sooner or later, you learn a lot. Yeah. So let's backtrack just a little bit. Where where are you at? Where are you from? Are you from Wichita? Yeah, I I grew up in West Sedgwick County, uh, right in the, in between Colwich and Mays. Uh, my family had a farm out there, and that's where I was born and raised. So when you were out on the farm milking cows at four o'clock in the morning, is that when you said, I'd rather be doing something else? Yeah, no. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, Some people say that. We, uh, we were a typical small family farm. And as you, as you know, in the agriculture business, small family farms kind of went to the wayside. And so uh, when my father passed away, it was time to, to, to move on from the farm. So, uh, but I still live out in that area yet. In fact, I still live in the house that I grew up in. Uh, we just don't farm anymore. So. Now, you said how many employees uh, that you're under your supervision there? Uh, we have 2,800 in the county, and that includes um, all the elected office, too, which is the sheriff, uh, district attorney, uh, register, uh, uh, county register of deeds, and uh, clerk and treasurer. Sheriff, so. firefighters? Yep, firefighters. Detention uh, officers? Yep, 911, corrections. Uh-huh. Okay. That's a lot of responsibility. It's, it's a big organization that's very dynamic. So. What is your annual budget? 
Uh, the county, uh, all total, uh, is about a $450 million budget, and that includes uh, local funding as well as uh, funding we get from the state of Kansas. County government, unlike city government, is uh, we have a direct connection to the state of Kansas and provide a lot of the services uh, through pass-through uh, that come from state to county. So all total, though, all the dollars that flow into Cedric County, about 450 now, have you started working on next year's budget, or does that process never stop? It, ne- it never stops. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it, has a, it has a cycle that we go through. Uh, in November and December of, of last year, we started talking about it, began strategizing and talking about, um, um, you know, priorities. And then uh, we'll get started in earnest here uh, next month, middle of the month in February. We have what's called budget workshop or budget retreat. And that's where we set the county commission down and we begin to hear them and listen to, uh, to what they have to say. And then the process works its way through uh, all the way actually to the second Wednesday of August when we'll ratify the budget. Did you seek public input along the way? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the first stop is with the commission and they are elected by the people. And to me, they represent the people. So we listen to them and very early in the game and begin to shape a budget uh, then we have the department heads come together after hearing from the commission and we'll, we'll form what's called a, a tentative budget or a, uh, a preliminary budget, which we then take back to the commission for a review. And then we'll take it to the public multiple times uh, in at least two public meetings. And then we generally do something online uh, and the public at every step of the way has a chance to comment. So how are when these people get up and talk, you know, talk about budgets, uh, the public? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's a fairly unsophisticated group. Are they mostly just out, here, here's my arts, don't gore it, don't raise well, my taxes, or they, do they have some real input? No, they have some real input. Um, uh, you, you know, government a lot of times is uh, like, a, like an umpire at a baseball game. If we do our job correctly and efficiently and effectively, we're not even noticed, which is kind of how we'd prefer to be. But a lot of times uh, what we do touch people and uh, people pay taxes, and so they have a right to, to for input. But many are sophisticated. They come in, they look at our budget, uh, and many, even though you're not sophisticated, you should still feel free to come in and talk with us about how the county spends your dollars. Uh, everybody understands public safety. Everybody understands roads and bridges and public works. Uh, and everybody uh, understands human services, which is mental health uh, and other behavioral health aspects, such as addiction services and homelessness. Everybody understands those concepts. And so we always look to hear from people on their opinions of, of how they think we ought to, uh, to address those issues. Now, to tell us about the new strategic plan, mission, <clears throat> vision, and values. Well, the, the county uh, sat down actually a little bit more than a year ago and developed uh, our strategic plan. And, and for those of you who are listening who have ever been involved in the, in the design of a mission, vision, value, you know that it lays out uh, a very overarching mission statement, which gives an overview of what the organization is all about, the core mission. And we had a little bit of a, a, a change in commission last year. So it's interesting as you go through the, the political process, when you get newly elected people, their vision of how the county ought to run slightly differs from, from cycle to cycle. So when we came up with the mission statement, it was a bit different this year. We have a, a strong component of health in it, a strong component of safety, and a strong component of partnership uh, to, to make a pledge that we partner with other governments in the area uh, in, including uh, other, other cities, uh, other counties, 
the state of Kansas, and to some degree the federal government. Uh, and then we put a vision statement out, which is kind of what we aspire to be. And we name you know, the five critical values in the county, which are trust, integrity, uh, collaboration, compassion, and innovation. And then, and then the real work is we lay out the goals. Each department comes to the table and lays out their core mission, uh, and, and that becomes part of strategic plan. And then it's the work of being accountable and getting the job done. So we, we just went through that process. It took almost a year, uh, and we have, we have finally rolled it out. When so. you talk about it, back to doing budgets, uh, um, are you an accountant? I mean, do you have somebody that's right there with you who, who knows numbers and all that? Sure. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, we'll, we talk about this during the budget process, and I'll tell the commissioners many times that of, of all the roles that we have, uh, and, and there are many, uh, budgeting is the most important role. It is uh, we are taking uh, other people's money, uh, citizens' money, and we're trying to provide a service, uh, a core set of services that our community needs, and uh, uh, the decision-making in that process is critical. Now, we have a, a chief financial officer who uh, is responsible overall for the budget, and she has a, a group of very talented people behind her. To, to answer your question, all of the accountants and, and budgeting officers who are very smart uh, in county budget, sit down, and we work very closely together over the next two or three months, and they also work very closely with the commission, too. Talked to your uh, your counterpart over the city the other day, and he's, he's, we were talking about local taxpayers and citizens in general, and he said it, his, his opinion of, of the, the people, the citizens, is that they, they just want to make sure that they're getting their money's worth and that that you all are doing your job because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. They're accountable, and yeah. it's kind of what he was thinking the, the attitude of the citizens. Well, they you he know, was very positive about. Yeah, I mean, the citizens want and expect, and they should expect a certain amount of service from government. Um, and we have this discussion all the time, especially when we start talking about combining services or unification or consolidations, whatever you want to call it. When people call nine one one, they expect a response. They expect a law enforcement response or an ambulance or a, a fire truck, and they don't care uh, whether they work for city or county or state. They, don't, they just want services there. So it's up to us, and I think people expect us to um, use their money wisely, to be efficient with it, to not be um, duplicative between budgets. In other words, the city provides a function, the county provides the exact same function, and, and you got two sets of budget. I, I think people expect more than that. And that's, and that's part of our real challenge in the future is how we uh, break down barriers and those silos and, and combine forces to provide a really good service for people uh, and keep their taxes as low as we possibly can. What, uh, what efforts are, are made to make sure that the county promotes transparency? Well, um, we, you know, we have that discussion all the time as well. And, and with the concept of social media now and all of the access uh, it's, it's different than it was 20, 30 years ago. Uh, now everything is streamed. Uh, all meetings are streamed. Uh, anytime our commissioners get together where there's, uh, you know, three or more of them, uh, there's, there's public access and we, and we announce that they are publicly getting together. Uh, we, we put our budget online. We have all of the, as you and I have already discussed, we have the public meetings where people can dig into and, and look at the budget. And just on day-to-day operations, um, we, we, we talk about this every week, and the commission talks about it every week when we're beginning to make decisions operationally on what is going on inside the county. One of the questions we always ask is, how can we make this more transparent so that people can see it? 
Uh, and many times, to be honest with you, I, don't, I think many times people don't care about the internal workings of government. They care about the bottom line and they care about the product that we put out there on the, on the street, but I don't think that they want to be bothered with the, the nuts and the bolts of it. But if they do, uh, we have to make it accessible to them and, and we welcome that. Tell us about the Sedgwick County app. Well, the Sedgwick County app was, was stood up a few years ago, and with any, as with anything with technology, we're constantly trying to update that, make it more usable, make it valuable. And anymore, when you measure uh, viability of, of apps or websites or social media um, points of contact, you're looking quantitatively at the numbers of, of hits that you're getting and the number of people that, you, uh, are, are, that are using the, the, the application. So we're, we're constantly trying to take the county app and make it and bring it in, give it value, put information on that that people actually want to see, put a pl- application on that, that people can actually use to access government and get services out in the community. So it's a work in progress. Uh, we're not satisfied with where it's at yet, and we're going to continue to work on it. But uh, at the end of the day, as I said, a lot of people, as long as their roads are paved and their bridges are safe and they get public safety response, I don't know that people wake up in the morning or go to bed at night thinking about government, um, but we, in case they need a service, we need to make it accessible to them, and we use the app for that. I know you're, you're well aware of what I'm going to ask you next, but what does the county do to protect county computers from outside tampering or hacking? Well, you know, that's, that's a vulnerability, that's a It is a worry for any business or government today. Um, we have a stable of IT professionals um, that have a very uh, systematic and layered protection ap- approach to how we protect county information. And county information is, is, is like any other business. We have people's health records and medical records, criminal justice yeah. records, records that are maybe even more, um, it's more important to keep safe than, than our normal day-to-day records. So. Uh, we work every day. They work. We have the latest in technology. Our, our IT experts are in constant contact with McConnell and, and the federal government and military to try to keep our system as safe as possible. But it, around, the, around the country, you know, um, they had a, a major hack in Texas a few months ago. Um, and, you know, the ransomware thing is, is out there. And so far, we have, we have done pretty well. I, I knock on wood because it's a lot of times you just think it's not a question of, of if, but when, and, and hopefully we will stay one hep, uh, step ahead of the, of, of the game. You're listening to Issues 2020 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Sedgwick County Manager Tom Stoles. Wichita's Interest Bank Arena is the county's responsibility. Mm-hmm. How is that venue performing? How has that done over the past few years? <clears throat> well, we just, um, of course, it's, it's celebrating its 10th year in 2020. We have a lot of anniversaries in, in 2020. The county is 150 years old. City of Wichita is 150, uh, Exploration Place is 20, and, uh, uh, and Interest Bank Arena is, is turning 10. So uh, we have historically had a great uh, partnership with uh, a, a company called SMG. We all, know, we all know that government shouldn't run entertainment venues. Uh, you have to have people who are knowledgeable of the field and have the ability to connect with uh, performers, uh, the Paul McCartney's of the world and the shares and all the magnificent events that they, they bring in. So we've had a, a, a 10-year relationship with SMG. Uh, we went through a, a very extensive uh, contract renewal process with them last fall, 
and recently uh, in November signed a new 10-year uh, agreement with them. But to answer your question, I think the performance of, of, uh, of Interest Bank Arena has been, has been wonderful. Um, we hope it's profitable because every dollar that the county makes from that venture goes right back into the arena, right back into the infrastructure of the arena. And the goal, uh, and I'm sure the goal when they built it and our goal currently today is to keep that arena nice and viable and a great state-of-the-art venue uh, until at least 2040, 2045, 2050 uh, into the next generation. And then we'll, we will go from there, but we're going to keep it as nice as we can. So as long as it's profitable um, for the company and, and it's, we, the county gets a share of that, we put it right back into the, uh, right back into the arena. Does the county have any role in developing uh, Wichita's River Corridor, especially the, uh, specifically the Convention and Performing Arts facilities? Mm -hmm. A lot of controversy there. Are you yeah, it's a fascinating, in? fascinating process to watch. Yeah. Um, sure, I think we do. Um, clearly, it's in the core of the city of Wichita. Uh, but we are great partners with the city. We, we uh, do many, many um, operational things with them and, and try to support one another as governments. Uh, and if you look at just the way the government's laid out here, 75% uh, of county residents or city of Wichita people, um, our county commissioners have constituents inside the city. So we, are, we, we consider ourselves partners. But we're letting them, um, at this point in the game, uh, we, we are letting them kind of drive this. Uh, I think at the end of the day, and I think we're, we're, we're getting to the end of the day, uh, I always tell them, you know, wake me up when it's time to come up with a cost model or how we're going to pay for this, uh, this venture. And I think we're getting close. We, we know there's going to be some sort of private-public uh, partnership um, and whether that shows up as a countywide sales tax or, or on the public side or some other type of taxation, that's where it gets very interesting. And at the end of the, the, end of the, at the, end of the day, we have to put it back into the hands of the people uh, through some type of vote process, I would assume. I, I think this week will be very interesting. They've got a couple of a public uh, meetings scheduled. Um, but I, I, think, I think that project, we talked about it early on, even uh, last summer when it was kicking off, that is a huge um, almost a regional project to where if we could really pull that off, um, it benefits not just Wichita City and Sedgwick County, but the, the 10 county region around Sedgwick. It benefits Southeast Kansas. It would be a tremendous venue. So we have an opportunity here, but you know, there's a lot going on in the community and a lot of, uh, uh, of challenges and stresses. So at, you know, if, if people want to drive forward that, with that, if a majority of people want to drive forward with that, the county stands ready to help however we can. Kansas legislature back in session. What are the county's main concerns for, yeah. for state lawmakers? Yeah, it looks a lot like it did last year, Steve. Um, you know, we've got to figure out a couple of things uh, in, in this region and in this county and, and in the state overall. We have to figure out how we're going to handle behavioral health. And I'm talking about from a global uh, perspective. And when I, when I say behavioral health, uh, that's mental health, um, substance abuse, and, and addiction, and, and homelessness. So those, those problems, though somewhat separate and distinct, they generally cross over um, uh, to one another. And we need, we need a comprehensive plan on how we're going to address that. Um, in Sedgwick County, we've actually stood up about a year ago a mental health, uh, sub substance uh, abuse, homelessness coalition. It's a group of uh, both government workers and some private people to try to come up with a, 
a strategic plan. But that, that's the basis of our legislative agenda this year is how do we come up with a comprehensive plan for behavioral health? Uh, how, how can the state help us get there? And we're not just talking about Sedgwick County. We're talking about for Topeka and Wyandotte and Johnson and, and the rest of the state as well. Um, and it has, we have subcomponents within that um, legislative agenda. For example, we think we need some type of regional hospital uh, option here in Sedgwick County. Uh, if we look at our mentally ill people, there's, uh, uh, you know, there's there's crisis center and a and a and a short stopgap approach. But many people need long term care, and we need that kind of facility. So that's kind of the linchpin, the center part of our of our legislative agenda for this upcoming session. So that's one of the things that uh, when I talk to the sheriff, talk to the police, the police chief, mm-hmm. keep saying the same thing: that the people we're encountering on the streets many of them shouldn't be there, right? nor should they be in the county jail. That's correct. And that's, that is the, the question. When, when a sheriff tells you that a third of his inmates in the jail of the, of the 1,600 or so people he has have mental health issues, well, you know that's not the place. I mean, and I'm not a mental health expert, but I, I know that's not the place where they should be. They should be in treatment and care and, uh, and being uh, overseen by the medical community, by physicians and, and people that know how to treat uh, these types of, of of situations, but the problem is we don't have the mechanism yet, and that's that's what we've been trying to work on for the last year. It's what we're going to continue to work on this year, and you'll I think you'll see some things move on that, and some some plans uh, unfurled, and then it's going to come down. It's kind of like the East Bank legacy. It comes down to funding and how we're going to pay for it, and 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 move it ahead. How are things at the county jail? Seems like from day one you, they said they were overcrowded, but. How are things going there? Well, I mean, if we have a great sheriff uh, and a great, we have a really great system right now. We have a good sheriff, good DA, and, and a really good court system. Uh, and I think they try to be as efficient, as effective as possible. Uh, the sheriff has done a great job of, um, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was not unusual to have uh, minor misdemeanor types of crime people being held there. And he has done a great job of, uh, as, as well as our correction staff, of, of getting a system together which really all that should be left in the jail are violent or serious offenders who provide a true jeopardy to the community if they're out walking around. Uh, but even with that, and I, I'm sure that Sheriff will tell you, um, what, another thing that the state will have to figure out in the near future is criminal justice reform. The jail right now is full of a lot of offenders that um, they've committed very serious offenses, uh, homicide and sexual assault um, and until the system adjudicates them, until they go through the process, they need to probably be off the street for our general safety and welfare. And, and, and unfortunately, very unfortunately, business is very good for them right now in, in the jail and with our Wichita Police Department. It's, it's, uh, crime is, is tough right now, and we have to figure out how we're going to, uh, to tackle it. But the, the jail, you're right, is, is always full. We're always looking for strategies to keep the population to a minimum. And to keep, uh, you know, and, and at the same time, keep people safe within that confine. So, sounds like a big job. Got a lot of challenges there. But what, uh, what, what gets you motivated? What makes you come, go flying out of the bed in the morning and jump? Well, I'm not sure that I fly out of bed. <laughs> at, at my age, I'm just kind of roll. Rolling, I'm rolling out. <laughs> you roll out on the but, floor. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, you know, I love coming to work. I've, we, we've got a, a good commission. Uh, we've got a great. Uh, city and county and region. Uh, there's very interesting, very motivated people. Um, and and the, the list we just went through gets me out of bed. All these challenges, everything going on in the community, um, economic development and how we manage budget and how we man- manage behavioral health. It's something different every day. 
uh, and I, I just I enjoy the challenge, and I and I enjoy working with people. Well, listen, and thanks for spending some time with us. We'll probably ask you back in a few months. We'll go over this again to make sure that you're making your budget something really good, and and I'm sure it will be. Okay, uh, and probably not raise taxes again, right? Not very well. Not raise taxes again. No, there's no, there's no plan to do that, <laughs> okay. Steve. It's that not right on now. the table right now. Yeah. All right, listen, thanks again for being with us. We appreciate your time this morning. Our guest is Sedgwick County Manager Tom Stulls. That's all for this edition of Issues 2020. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 